I don't think that we can share that enough. I don't think it's like, oh, well, I said, I told you that 10 years ago that I go through that. Why don't you remember? You know, it's like, <laughs> no, like that is, that's the layer deeper that if we can share from that place and if we can remember that that's important so that we create containers to go back to that place and share on a regular basis because we don't just think about it all the time and we want to help ourselves by creating systems that allow us to do it. Like if we can talk about that with each other, now the now our the soil is much more fertile to be able to like grow new ideas and relationships and be creative and all that. Hello, communitarians, and welcome back to the Inside Community Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Mesritz. Are you the kind of person that totally geeks out on connection and intimacy and just loves going deeper and deeper and deeper with the people in your life? Or are you the kind of person where long hugs and eye gazing and a deep sharing of your internal landscape just sends you running in the other direction? Or do you find yourself somewhere in the middle? Maybe you enjoy emotional or intellectual connection, but physical connection is way more challenging or vice versa. Regardless of where you might fall on the spectrum, if you live or aspire to live in community or are on a collaborative culture journey of any kind, chances are pretty high that you are going to need to, at some point, push into your comfort levels around intimacy and connection. My guest today is a dear friend and a total intimacy nerd, and we are going to talk about why intimacy is so important. We're going to get lots of ideas on prompts that lead towards deeper connection and learn how to create a safe container that will really meet people wherever they're at. So please stick around. We are going to have a few words from our beloved sponsors and then jump right in for an intimate conversation with Dave Buddha. Coho US is the hub of the co-housing movement, convening individuals and organizations with a shared vision for intentional community living. Expert-led courses and forums on the Co-Housing Institute provide the skills and expertise to build and sustain your community, available both live and on demand. Join Coho US for the Commons, a monthly gathering space for the co-housing curious, the 10th of every month at 10 a.m. Mountain. Learn more at www.cohousing.org. For more than 50 years, communitarians, community seekers, and cooperative culture activists have been sharing their stories and helpful community resources in Communities Magazine. Over the course of the magazine's history, Communities has published essays and articles from community all-stars, future thinkers, and wisdom keepers on virtually every topic related to forming, maintaining, living in, and even leaving community. You can gain access to all back issues in digital form, plus receive current print or digital issues by subscribing now at gen-us.net slash subscribe. A complete article index, community index, and issue theme list are all available online to help you find the inspiration you're looking for. Dave Buddha is a writer, musician, and social entrepreneur. He is the co-founder of Intimacy Fest and hosts The Darkness Experiment. 
He has led over 400 workshops on connection, touch, and relationships, and has consulted for and facilitated experiences for companies, communities, retreats, and gatherings of all kinds, with the intention to inspire authenticity, connection, and group cohesion. He's published over 200 essays for Buddhism.com and played over a thousand shows as a touring singer-songwriter. He is a former naval officer and graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, currently serving on the board of directors for the Foundation for Intentional Community while touring and living at different intentional communities in North America. Dave Buddha, welcome hey. to the Inside Community Podcast. It's great to be here. It's so lovely to have you live and in person, my my uh, podcasting mentor in many ways. So. Oh. Dave, I, I love to start my interviews by asking folks to tell me a little bit about their community, and we've got some shared community history, and mm-hmm. you're sort of on a, a bit of a journey, community journey right now, so I'd love to hear your, yeah. just sort of what your, what your vibe is these yeah, days. Yeah, my community vibes. So I started my community journey probably 2018, officially. By moving to the Emerald Village, the, the community that you started with uh, nine other wonderful folks. That's in San Diego. Um, lived there for five years and didn't expect to stay. Actually, initially just came for what I thought was like six months because I was talking to other friends in the area about living in community and I was so stoked on it. And it seemed like everybody, you know, wanted to do that, but it just wasn't that important at that moment and I was like okay guys well I'm gonna go do it because I probably should get some experience anyways before I actually do this thing and so I moved to Evo and uh lived in a tiny little 8 by 12 room with the door opening in and fit all my <laughs> stuff in there I was a, I am still a minimalist but I was very much a minimalist at the time and it was pretty easy for me to do that and um I just ended up yeah, just loving it, loving the people, the the land, all that. It was just a really sweet experience. And so I ended up staying for five years. And then last January of 2023, uh, left there. And I'm up here in Terralumen with you and some other folks that are former Evo people. Um, and I'm here for the summer, basically building out a sprinter van, which will allow me to travel and be a cliche millennial um van lifer uh and and my intention is to go visit different uh, intentional communities and play music on the road lead some workshops maybe film a documentary or i don't know see what kind of trouble i can get myself into creatively creative trouble um yeah so that's i i fully intend to live in some sort of form of intentional community for the rest of my life i'm not interested in anything else that's where it's at yeah i i actually agree with you on that one (laughs) good i'm also a big fan of intentional community well um you know there's so much that we could that we could dive into right off the bat i think you know we have a shared uh love of human relations and that was the circle that we were on together at at evo and the responsibility of that circle was really kind of helping gossip, gossip. was the responsibility <laughs> of that circle sanctioned gossip was definitely part of it um but no but attuning to the emotional connections sometimes the spiritual connections of the people on mm-hmm. the land and 
really helping to nurture and foster connection and intimacy and that's really what I want to talk to you about today here yeah and maybe you could just describe for the listeners a little bit about what that is for you like what is what why why is that important for you yeah Uh, as Kyle as Kyle Shinner said the other night um, when we were talking about sort of just overall being vulnerable and opening up and how he wishes I was better at that. Uh, he's like, well, Dave, he's like, you're an, in, you know, you do all this intimacy stuff. You, you, you're like, you know, you have all these tools and you, you know, you do these workshops and festivals because you need it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I, I did not, I mean, I had a wonderful childhood. I grew up in, in just the most you know, charmed way I could imagine. And also I think, which was a function of kind of our upper middle-class socioeconomic world. Um, people were not, people wanted to keep things copacetic, you know, convivial, if you will. I've been trying, I wanted to throw in that word for you. Um, and yeah, so there was not like the hard stuff didn't get talked about. It was, um, you know, my dad owned a Oriental rug store and, and it was sort of, we swept things under the rug, you know, um, oh, golly. <laughs> you know, and, um, and that, you know, because we wanted to keep the peace, you know, and that was a, a noble thing, but, um, but not talking about the hard stuff is harder. And, and then I got in a relationship in 2012 with, uh, a woman who had the exact opposite childhood of me and grew up in Poland. And if you know anything about Polish people or just Slavic people in general, they, they don't, pull their difficult conversational punches, you know, um, they are just straight up honest and, and it was incredibly refreshing and also difficult. I mean, we would at times, I mean, we would go to like a workshop for a friend of ours and like 10 minutes in, it kind of sucked. And she'd be like, okay, let's get out of here. And I'm like, we're going to offend them. And she'd be like, yeah, but you don't want to be here. Right. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be here. She's like, well, let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> it was just so hard. Oh, um, yeah. and so, um, yeah, her name's Paula and, and, and was, yeah, I, I never thought about it as like, she was such a, I mean, not, she's certainly, I learned a lot from her, but like I'm starting to see now, oh, like that was, she was a real teacher for me in coming out of this, like, let's not talk about it thing. We worked together. We did a lot of workshops together. Um, but yeah, the, the, the short story of it is that I just needed tools. I needed ways to like, you know, get closer to people, like be more vulnerable, you know, express my emotions, uh, have emotions to begin with, feel emotions, you know, have feelings. Um, and so me bring, being kind of a scientific brained kind of person, I just had to develop all these frameworks and, um, understand things from a pragmatic place where then I could kind of tell my mind, Hey, it's going to be okay. This is the reasons why if we share with this person, uh, all the things about us that are, uh, horrible, they might like us more. (laughs) Doesn't seem like it will, but you know, here's some examples of that working, you know? Um, yeah, I, I just, I, it's, it it was, I, I think I really remember, I remember it was about 12 years ago or so I was running like a men's group thing and, and I just had a, a revelation that is, seems so obvious now and I think is obvious to most people in a way but it was just like oh to that sharing and being vulnerable with each other is going to make you closer and 
It's just, I mean, so I stu- even though I say it now, people are probably like, duh, like, who is this guy? But um, yeah, it was just like, wow, that's, that's so simple. And, and I could just use that. Like I really, I could, the things about me that I didn't want to share, that I felt insecure about, that I was ashamed about, all those things, like that actually became like an asset in, in my mind. Cause I was like, oh. Cause I used to be like the, everything is awesome guy, mm-hmm. you know, I would show up to like, you know, groups and this was like maybe 13, 14 years ago. And you know, there was these, these kind of, whatever it was like a men's group or a different group where people were sharing and there was like a check-in people were like, how you doing? You know, people were like, you know, I mean life. And it's like, Oh, and this gets me and they're like, Dave, how you doing? I'm like, I'm awesome. Everything's great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it felt authentic to me at the time, but what I didn't get was that there was an opportunity there to connect with people and that it's easier to connect with people over the things that you struggle than the ways that are things are awesome and being awesome can be vulnerable too. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, and not to say that we should all like be Debbie downers, but like I was missing the opportunity and I, I didn't get it for a while. Um, that there was like, you know, that I didn't get, like I wasn't, I didn't start listening to Leonard Cohen till later, you know, it was like, <laughs> I didn't get the, the opportunity and the brokenness, you know, that we're all carrying yeah yeah you know there's there's like two sides of this there's there's the you know life in community life with people is going to bring up conflict at some point and there's going to be a lot of opportunity to have people push into you and push buttons and um give you reasons to get to know each other better and for you to basically show your you don't have to tell people what your what your downside is because they'll tell you what your downside is they are (laughs) more than happy you know they saw it as soon as from mile away and they're happy to tell you about it yeah and then there's the other side which is kind of like the preventative sharing side that um i know is something that you you really advocate for and and are a proponent of and just you know, as I'm thinking about these moments of vulnerability and conviviality, as you were saying, and something we have talked about before is that, you know, something that's really big that we've talked about on this show a lot is community glue and Mm -hmm. these opportunities for people to come together and build positive experiences with each other so that when those uh, shadow moments come up when those processy trigger moments come up you've got enough fuel in the tank enough good energy in the tank that you won't mm-hmm. your relationships won't be burned up mm-hmm. by uh, talking about tough topics and so we've talked about things that build community glue you know c- potlucks and community dinner community work party uh, any kind of party you know physical touch, things Mm -hmm. like that is all really, really wonderful, but sometimes doesn't really bring you to that intimacy of that Mm -hmm. actually doing work together Mm -hmm. and intentionally revealing sides of yourself that you might typically keep very private. Right, right. Even even people that are in long-term relationships with another person have full sides of themselves that are just their internal landscape and not to say that there's necessarily anything wrong with having your own internal landscape Mm -hmm. but how do we you know what are some ways that that you have found that people can start to open up 
that sort of hidden hidden yeah. side of them in a way that feels safe and uh well, yeah I'll supported. Say that I needed that structure for sure. Like if, you know, it's not there are some people like our friend Kyle who for him vulnerability and just the letting people in is a little easier and he just that's you can just have a potluck and that might happen, mm -hmm. you know. I needed something a little more intentional. I needed like more of an explicit invitation or like, hey, we're all doing this, right? This isn't just me, right, <laughs> you know, right. like you share, but then I share and then, you know. And so what I would do in both my relationships, my long-term relationship, romantic relationships and and at Evo with the community stuff and workshops and all that is is try to create containers where like, hey, the point of what we're doing here is sharing the things we don't want to share. Um, and that, that really is, I, I also give, you know, uh, a lot of, I, I really, I learned a lot from the authentic relating communities. Um, they do so much with sentence stems and prompts of, of sharing that I find so useful. So like an example would be like something I, I don't want to share is, mm. you know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> that just speaks right to it. Like this is, go <laughs> that goes right to the heart of it. I remember I led a, um, a, re a retreat for a men's group folks that we had been meeting like you know every week or so for a while got to, we knew each other pretty well and because we were had built that kind of trust um you know one of the exercises we i said all right great here's the exercise you got five minute speech the title of the speech is everything i don't want you to know about me is oh, <laughs> and God. we just stood up in the room just stood in front of the, the other 20 guys and just just listed off all the things and sure enough afterwards like we all felt closer to each other you know um, and I think we got to see that maybe there were some themes, you know, like, you know, we're, we're all insecure about certain things or, you know, I think it, it, it becomes a kind of a balm for us because then we realize that our problems are not as unique and that maybe everybody is struggling with certain things, you know? Um, so yeah. So, you know, that the first thing is really just to have that be intentional and to make it a thing that we're all bought into. You know, and hopefully that that's, you know, you know, you, you get people to buy in in a nice consensual way too, right? It's not like, we're like, oh, tricked you. We're all going to share our insecurities right now. But it's like, hey, like this would be like, can we all can we all agree that, that this would be good for us? Do mm -hmm. we, you know, what are some reservations? Okay, okay, I hear you. Great. Let's do this instead. Okay, like, great. Does everybody feel safe and good about doing this idea of sharing things we don't want to share? Okay, great. You know, let's make a container. Okay. Get in groups of three, you know, um, and you know, person with longest hair, go ahead. You have two minutes. What are some things that you typically hide? Um, in my relationship with the aforementioned Polish woman, Paula, um, we used to have like kind of a monthly routine where we would kind of, we'd call it, we just like clear out our closet. And, and we also had a, 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 a relatively, high stress relationship i think um we were it was my first polyamorous relationship uh that was just a at, at times a train wreck in but something i'm still glad i did but was it was super hard um and yeah it was just it was not it was not a easy relationship so we were like okay but we really loved each other and it was when it was great it was great so we would do, let's say every month we'd get together and we'd say, all right, here's a prompt that we're both going to share on. Again, not one person, not hot seat. It's like, we're both in this, we're both guilty. We're both innocent, all that. What's something you've been pretending? 
Mm. You know, I was like, oh, I sit with it and like, <laughs> oh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I've been pretending to like, you know, this meatloaf or I've been whatever, or, you know, when I was with you and that other guy, I was like, I was kind of hiding that I'm kind of crushing on him because I was afraid you'd be. Uh, you'd react a certain mm. way. Like, okay, great. And thank you. Be- and because it's a container, there's a much less chance of me flying off the hook, you know, flying off the handle and being like, oh, I can't believe you said that. Uh, yeah. Because I'm about to share. And then she listens. And it, there's like a, there's a, you know, there's a balance there, I think that happens. Um, I mean, and, and it, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always like going for the, I mean, the examples we're giving are like, you know, pretty uh deep topics but something as simple and we would play this game often which is the what i appreciate about you game you know we just say hey kind of in a moment vicky and i do this too uh you know which is like okay we're there's something that's the, the feeling tone in our relationship right now is like mm, like would you like to play this game because what i realize is in that moment or in the moments preceding that is that the reason I was feeling that way is because I was playing the opposite game, Mm -hmm. which is I was collecting in my head all the things I don't appreciate about her. And that's why I was feeling the way I am. So I thought, well, do we want to try something else, you know, and would you like to do that with me? And what that looks like is, is yeah, let's, let's just go back and forth. What I appreciate about you is, and usually the first or second one is rough because it's like, I don't appreciate anything about you. <laughs> I don't even like I had nothing. You can just get and the fuck that, out. Or it's like, or it's like passive aggressive. You're just like, well, I appreciate that you did one dish today. You know, it's like, it's not. And again, we wouldn't actually say that, but that's the stuff right. that would happen in our brains, I'm sure. And yeah. And it's like, oh, but you know, you squeeze that first one out and then it kind of unlocks something and you're like, oh, and then it's like, it's like creativity, you know, like you start, you just put your paintbrush to the, to the, you know, and then it's like, oh, oh, I got an idea. Uh, you know what? All right. This is, I like this. I, I'll, I'll paint today, yeah. you know? And it's like, oh, starting the appreciation uh, momentum. And then all of a sudden by the third or fourth one, you're actually like, oh, I got lots of ideas. Oh my God. There's so many things that I appreciate about you. Oh my God. I'm feeling better. Yeah. This is great. You know? Yeah. And, um, and I'm not in victim anymore. So I'm like, yeah, kind of worked, it worked and out you've of that been appreciated, bit. which yeah. just feels great. You know, people are like, you know, you're, they're, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm crying. Jesus, what's going on here? So, yeah, it's, you know, little things like that. But but just, you know, coming up with structures that are balancing out our very human tendencies to, yeah, make ourselves victims, vilify the other person, uh, you know, just just be jerks because that's what we do is we're humans. And so a lot of that stuff that Paola and I came up with, you know, from 2012 2016 on a in a romantic relationship that was all the stuff that i brought to evo and anything we did evo was very inspired by our relationship and us needing to work through being a freshly minted polyamorous couple and all sorts of difficult things and so um there's no minting process there's no like there's no uh you don't get a <laughs> no, stamp. Like, committee or anything you don't get a badge yeah. yeah you get wounds and that's your stamp <laughs> i think but um yeah and so that that there was that's the general thing yeah so, you know, it's interesting because I think about people like, I'm going to say people like us. I'm going to put us in a, in a oh, category okay. together right. and say people not like them, not them, but us, but us. people okay. like <laughs> us. And I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who are also like us and that mm. they really love 
intimacy and connection. They really geek out on kind of talking. And also for myself, I know that I learn. I had a, a tough conversation last night where a dear sister, my, you know, dear, dearest sister, uh, just sat me down and really shared some places where, um, you know, my my mental health and how my mental health has been sort of has been quite off of late mm -hmm. and how that's affecting her and not to make me wrong or shameful but just having like a really candid conversation about mm -hmm. this is this is affecting me and how this is affecting me and actually through this conversation with her i learned a lot i mean it just in my own sharing and in my own response mm -hmm. i learned a lot about how i feel about my mental health and and the places where I have been, for example, withholding my love or withholding my attention or mm -hmm. not making myself available because I'm feeling kind of wounded right now. Mm -hmm. And so there are people in this world who I would say, like us, who learn that way, learn that way about themselves um, and actually really enjoy and aspire to being um, more connected and uh, intimate with the people around them. Mm -hmm what I would be afraid to do or hesitant to do is assume that all people that want to live in community operate that way. And I think a lot of people who live in, who want to live in community recognize that maybe like your former self who didn't have any training in that, maybe they're feeling called to be in community because they want to have more intimacy, but it's also very triggering for them or very difficult. And maybe that's, you know, an, uh, something, you know, they're autistic or they have some other type of uh, thing going on that is not neurotypical and makes it difficult to have those kind of interactions like that. Or culturally, socially, you know, I'm thinking about our dear friend Eric Parsons, who, mm -hmm. you know, we would have these moments of deep connection and he would just be like, peace out mm -hmm. i can't i can't like i don't want to i don't this is sometimes sometimes sometimes, sometimes. he would yeah, yeah. sometimes he would and he definitely over the years became yeah. got more more into it yeah. but for some people it's really a struggle and i know that you talked a little bit about creating a safe container and how do you field objections i would love to hear just a little bit more about how people who are in community or aspiring to community can create inclusive containers where everybody feels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. feels safe really yeah. safe yeah, yeah, yeah to share that's great well i'll mention some is that uh, a great question that's, that's such a great question <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. um it's a great question and thoughtful question uh and um shout out to your sister too who i feel like gets a lot of a shout out on the show and appropriately so she's a wonderful person and also like a sweet like partner to you in lots of ways so um yeah uh i'll, I'll use an example it, i'll say first that i love that i can kind of talk about polyamory and like play parties because I, when i joined the fic board a year ago like you know okay i'm part of like a organization now and i just i hadn't been part of organizations for a while and i didn't realize that like Oh, like I can be like open about my weirdness. <laughs> and that was so, that was just nice. Normally, like if I was doing a regular podcast interview, I wouldn't like bring up sex party examples, but it, it's a relevant example. So, um, yeah, so they're in a play party community that, that I'm a part of, um, and I've been kind of organizing for many years. There's, uh, a guy in it who is 
definitely neuroatypical. And um, he, I think, is coming into the understanding of that for himself and and, and able to articulate it. And um, and and we uh, there was some things where he was making a few people uncomfortable. But I also noticed that he he was very he had a lot of integrity. So if he understood something, he would he would really he once he understood what 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 the need was and what was there, he'd be great. Which to me is a is a great sign. It's like okay, we can work with that. And I sat down with him and and I was like, and he's also I think he's like six feet tall and he's like big and hairy. And I was <laughs> like, you know, uh, we could talk about the the neurotypical thing and all that, but I also want to acknowledge that like you're Russian. And we're in Southern California. And so this like culture is also really important here. Um, you know, like, so are you on the spectrum or are you just Russian? <laughs> and this way we, and we joked about it, but it's partly true because, you know, we have an, we have certain assumptions being uh, upper middle class people in the West coast, basically California ish. I mean, you're we're in Oregon now, but it's kind of extension of California culture in a way. And <laughs> sorry, sorry, Oregonians <laughs> newsflash. Y'all moved here from California. Um, but you know, it's like, so it's, so what we consider normal is just what we're used to. It isn't necessarily normal. So right. that's a good place to start, you know, which is like, we don't want to pathologize people who are different because they might just be normal in their own world. Right. So, um, I don't want to pathologize anyone. I mean, that's, this is, <laughs> this is part of it. This is part of what I've learned from being in relationship with someone who's autistic is, you know, when she talks about, Oh, neuro neurotypicals, like there's a word for us, you know, I mean, I don't consider myself neurotypical cause I got my own host of things going on, but, <laughs> I, I, be too. <laughs> but, I, but I recognize, but I recognize that I'm also not autistic and it's sort of, where's the middle ground, like, you know, not just for autistic people, but for everyone, you know, for anyone that's coming into a community where they might feel like they're the other you know, there's a level of vulnerability that's going to be difficult to to cross over, you know, without similar shared, you know, history, culture, ideas about what normal is. Sure. Then how do we you know, how do we create a culture where they don't feel like they need to pretend or mask or right. do something that's really um, unusual for them? Like, what about the rest of us? Maybe we should all be pretending and masking and doing something that's unusual for us instead to yeah. meet in the middle. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, I think to to sometimes you do have just a way that your group is, and it may be that you all grew up in a privileged, you know, whatever thing, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with being like, okay, this is just what works for our group and mm -hmm. that. But it's another thing to say, oh, this is the this is just a healthy way of doing it, and mm -hmm. your way is not not you know. And so I think it's about parsing out those, and again, still maybe choosing that like, mm, like we do need the ability to 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 sit down and have these difficult conversations in this certain way that we kind of prefer, and without that, that it's kind of unworkable, you know. And that's okay, but not saying like, okay, it's just like we've done humaning right and you've done humaning wrong and here we are mm. and I'm sorry, you know? And so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's why I mentioned the culture thing and, um, yeah, there's just different ways. I mean, that's, there's a, I want to give a shout out to this wonderful podcast called, the, um, the, uh, uh, 
autistic culture or culture of autism I, or autistic. I forget. It's my friend Angela Loria and, and her and um, her uh, podcast partner do this show. And it's, it's, it's about how um, it, it's seeing autism through the lens of more of a culture than mm. a disorder. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just, and then they go through and each episode is like, they talk about like Eminem is autistic, you know, Disney is autistic or these things like we, these things we love have a lot of elements in them that are that. And it's just, and again, about reframing it from this is a disorder to this is different. It doesn't mean it's, we should not, you know, say at times that doesn't work. It's okay. Like, but it's just different in the same way that someone who's like you know from russia and is going to have some friction when they move to southern california where everybody's like everything's great no mm -hmm. love and light everything's fine and this guy's like what are you talking about like why would you just tell me <laughs> if i'm doing something offensive like that's not cool and so uh yeah so that i just that's been a, a learning thing for me and and kind of parsing that out I think your original, I forget what your original question was. Well, so it's just coming like, back to, yeah, just coming back to, you know, how to actually create those safe containers where people from diverse backgrounds, diverse abilities can yeah. show up and yeah. feel held and safe in the tough conversations. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a dance between you can, I think you want to accommodate, but I don't think, I think that that can also go too far. Our friend Eric is a good example, actually, because, and I don't know if this may be after you guys left, but I, he shared a meeting or I realized that he was like, you know, I don't mind sharing this stuff, but I just don't like doing it in a big group. Mm, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, we can solve for that. That's yeah. easy. Get in groups of three. Go ahead. Yeah. Boom. And he was much more comfortable in a small group. Yeah. So I was like, oh, perfect. Um, and, and that was always in my mind. Every, every thing would facilitate when he was there. Not and and if he had an unreasonable request, he's like, "Well, I want to share, but only if." Blah, and it's like, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to go like there. There's a workability to uh, to to accommodating people, but when it's, you know, relatively easy, like great. And again, I, I think you know some people like Eric are giving voice to something that other people feel too. It's not that everybody else in the room was just like over the moon about sharing right. in front of 15 people, you know? And so, um, oftentimes they're representing something that is workable for other people, but they'd actually have a preference to not do that too. Um, so I think, I think, you know, individualizing and talking to people like, what about this works for you? And how can I, how can we accommodate this? Um, you know, I, again, I do, I think you can take that too far and, and you can lose a potency of something if you're, if you're trying to make everybody feel perfect and accommodate for every single thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really good to, to start with that question and go like, let's hear what it is. Cause actually it may be really easy or maybe very doable. And if you don't ask the question for fear of, well, if they say something then I might have to say, that's not workable, then that's not as good. You want to ask and find out what people need. You know, yeah. and what their preference would be like, hey, if you could, if this went, this meeting and this little group processy thing that we're doing was just like your jam, or if this could be more toward what you like to do, you know, what would that look like? Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, I think one of the things that, that helped Evo coming into, into being was that we had a culture among the, the 10 founders of basically a, a process work that we did together through our through our spiritual mentor and 
a lot of what that was was very deep personal sharing about our personal processes. And I think that there that's that's one side of this is sort of the, you know, what am I going through right now? What are my shadows? What am I working on? What am I trying to grow through? And and being able to be in a place where you can receive feedback or reflection around those things. The other the other side of this, which is one of the things I really want to talk to you about, is is starting to push into some of the other kind of hot button, tough conversations. And I think particularly for forming communities, this can be really important because as you're coming together with a group, you might have a lot of harmony around how you relate, your desire for personal growth, your the things that you enjoy doing together. Like, oh yeah, we all enjoy gardening and good food and we like to cook together and, and, and cuddle. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the sort of brass tacks of the structure of your community. And this is something we ran into even starting Evo. We'd all been playing together and partying together and having so much fun and doing all this great stuff together. But then we sat down to talk about some tougher topics like Mm -hmm. guns Mm -hmm. or sex and sexuality and community. Um, You know, some of these other things that it's more about your values and in some case, your morals or your ethics, mm-hmm. than it is about whatever your personal growth points are. And I'm wondering, you know, I just want to start to frame this conversation in a direction of how can we support people? How can people be supported in having conversations around those kinds of topics where their values and their beliefs about things might be really different. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it's a great question. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we talked about this. We mentioned this like an hour ago when we were talking about this. But it, I think it's it's good to start with that that friction is normal. That friction means you're not in a cult where everybody's being brainwashed to believe the same thing. That diversity of opinion and values and even morals is what creates uh, resilience. It's like, you know, there's a reason why like genetically incest is a bad idea. It's like we want diversity. It makes, it makes a stronger organization. Um, And I think it's good to start with that and also realize that, especially if you're coming from a um, not having lived in community much or having grown up in community or, you're coming from a standard kind of nuclear family individualist culture like almost all of us are we're used to that kind of being like like that's just like why do i have to deal with this like can't can't i just kick this person out of my house and just go back to my family i no i don't know like where amazon solve this problem for me jeff bezos come in sell me something so, Chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> we're used to that. We're used to being able to avoid that, you know, because we have a we can buy uh, autonomy, or we can you know create more privacy, or we can do all these things. That's fine. I'm not. I mean, I I'm. You can hear probably a little bit of judgment in my voice about sure. it, but at the same time, it's like it is what it is. Like that's the one of the advantages of not living in community is you get to do things your way. And tell people if they don't like it, they can fuck off, you know? Well, you can't do that in community, and that's okay. 
you know, and it's like that saying, you know, if you want to go faster, go alone and go to farther, go together. Right. And that's written on the walls of mm-hmm. communities all over the country. And and so to start from that, like, oh, here we are. We disagree. We're having disagreements that feel like they are relationship ending disagreements that are fundamentally just like impasse. There's nothing we can do. Like, that's that's the point. Like, that's that's OK. If you weren't having those conversations then I think it's time to do a little like, you know, cult checkup, you know, <laughs> like if you're not disagreeing on anything ever in the fundamental way that seems like it's going to break up everything, who's being brainwashed, you know, where, look, look around. Is there a charismatic leader <laughs> named Dave <laughs> influencing everybody and making everybody cuddle all the time? I don't know. Just be careful of that, that guy. Um, that's me, by the way. I'm sorry. But um, so that's, that's a, that's a good place to start because it's like, Oh, great. We can just take a breath. Like, this is not a problem. This is not a problem. Something that I learned in the polyamory world is like, when you feel jealousy in a relationship, it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with the relationship. It's like jealousy is normal. You can, it just means that also there's some unmet needs there. It's like, it's okay to be jealous. Great. You know? Um, So it's okay to have those differences that feel like they're relationship ending. And you just like take a breath. Like, okay, got it. Ah, this is what makes us more resilient. This is what makes us stronger. This is why we're here, you know? And I mean, I, we've talked a lot about the community here and, and I've said this many times with both Evo and here is that I love the diversity of, of the owners and the folks here and what you all bring. It's all essential essential and like if you took one of you out there'd be a big gaping hole in the values and the morality and what you carry and and i think that just if if that's actually just held and remembered most of this is not that hard Hey there, friends. This is the part of the podcast where I usually take a little break and ask you to consider making a donation to the show. But for this episode, I have a special message from Daniel Greenberg, the new co-director of the FIC. So please stay tuned and hear what he has to say. And we'll meet you back in a few minutes. Hey, everyone. My name is Daniel Greenberg, and I'm so excited to join the FIC as co-director. Every year, close to half a million people visit IC.org, seeking community through our free online directory, as well as our bookstore, programs, forums, and other valuable resources. That's truly amazing and makes us, and hopefully you, very happy. And we're still a nonprofit, and we need your support. With the decline of course registrations in the post-COVID economy, we're now in the position of needing to raise $45,000 to make it through 2023. The good news is we're poised to take a quantum leap in our engagement with our networks and the world. Imagine a North American Communities Council meeting at regional and international gatherings. Imagine expanded networks and groups and more resources, courses, and events to bring a greater sense of community and belonging to millions. It's all possible, but to get from here to there, we need your financial help today to support our small yet dedicated team that works tirelessly behind the scenes to make it all happen. The threat of closing our virtual doors after 36 years is real. Please go to ic.org donate today and give what you can to ensure our online directory will remain free and updated. 
and so we can continue offering unique and helpful resources to everyone who envisions a more just, resilient, and cooperative world. That's ic.org donate, in case you missed it. Please, contribute today. Thank you. Caddis is not your everyday architecture firm. Their interest in regenerative and community-supportive design has cultivated an expertise in intentional and co-housing communities with a focus on rich and healthy human experiences. Design excellence and pragmatism are at the core of their work, as is an ethic of service to the client and natural or urban environments. Caddis is a leader in sustainable design, zero-energy homes, passive house, and delightful neighborhoods. They are experts in grassroots community engagement and apply attention, sophisticated design, and creative solutions to every project. If it's worth building, it's worth building it well. Find Caddis on Facebook and Instagram and at caddispc.com. That's C-A-D-D-I-S-P-C dot com. So you said something really interesting to me, uh, which maybe you've said before, and I've never heard it, but it just hit really deeply right now around um, jealousy being sort of this symbol of or bastion of unmet needs. Mm-hmm. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. I like this idea of when there's things going wrong in your opinion or things that are not as you would want them in community you know similar to the sociocratic idea of of using objections mm-hmm. as as fodder for creating better ideas and really being willing to look at the things that we don't like so that we can get as information as mm-hmm. information and sort of similar to this idea of jealousy being the symbol of the unmet need is wow, you know, can we take these places where we're uncomfortable or something's not not right and reframe it as what what need is not being met right now? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this as it relates to boundaries and the containers that we create. You know, I know we kind of chatted a little bit about this in our pre-interview, but, you know, there's so many times where I feel for myself, for myself, and I know as well for other people, but definitely for myself where sometimes, I mean, I'm a very boundaried person. This is boundaries are not a place that I typically struggle, Mm -hmm. but I still find myself as a person who was raised as a cis woman, you know, gen, you know, raised as a woman have this, um, aspect of like not really wanting to name my boundary sometimes for fear that it's gonna affect the other's Mm -hmm. opinion of me or I don't want to say I don't want to say what my unmet need is because I don't want to make someone feel bad for Mm -hmm. not meeting my needs or you know there's it's it can be really complicated it's Mm -hmm. not as simple as okay we're just gonna sit down and talk about what our unmet needs are there's there's sort of this peeling back sometimes as we talk about boundaries or unmet needs or things that we want to see happen or desires um, that feel very tangled in our social relations. Mm-hmm. So I might not want to speak to the fact that 
Um, I'm not happy with the situation because I don't want the other person to feel bad for not making me happy or feel like they did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I might, because of that lack of willingness to share, then I don't share, I don't share, I don't share all the while building resentment till it comes out, Mm -hmm. you know, six months later. (laughs) All that to say, you know, paint me a picture, paint us a picture of what some ways to kind of un untangle that knot might might look like in mm-hmm. a group. So um my friend Reed Mahoko has a phrase that he's a lot of ways says it's simple but it's not easy. So I'm gonna make it sound really simple, but it's not easy. Um you know if I could it since we are recording this and I do have a recording of what you just said, like I could copy and paste that last two minutes of what you said. And if you shared that, it would be great. And the amount of times I've, I've called up a friend and said, oh, I don't know, this is what's going on. I blah, blah, blah. I'm sharing vulnerably with them. And I'm wanting to correct a situation with a partner. The amount of times they've been like, Hmm, you should just say that. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Thanks. All right. Bye. <laughs> you know, whatever. It, again, it's like, I, 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 the amount of times I've, uh, you know, I still forget this, but it's like the, 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 the epiphany of this, it, it isn't like there, what you're describing is a complex scenario. There isn't an easy answer for it. And we would like there to be, because we would like to avoid all the messiness of everything you just described, which is a very common human experience to have all those. Again, what you're describing is everybody goes through that. That yeah. is what it's like to have, to be a human is to struggle with that. I we want, I don't want to make you feel bad. Don't want to make you feel rejected. I I want to. I don't want to feel resentment if I say yes to something I'm not a yes to. Great. Like, and it's like we. I don't think we can share that enough. I don't think it's like. Oh well, I said I told you that ten years ago that I go through that. Why don't you remember? You know, it's like <laughs> no. Like that is that's the layer deeper that if we can share from that place and if we can remember that that's important so that we create containers to go back to that place and share on a regular basis because we don't just think about it all the time and we want to help ourselves by creating systems that allow us to do it. Like if we can talk about that with each other, now the, now our, the soil is much more fertile to be able to like grow new ideas and relationships and be creative and all that. But it's just like, that's, I think the simple answer to it. It's just like, we have to like we have to let people in and let them know that that's what's going on for us and then invite that in you know in exchange like what's going on for you or let's you know hopefully you know and most of the time when we open up to people they open up to us mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't do it as a, a coercive coercive thing but it's just what happens oftentimes and we can go one step further and create a container where i say this is this is an opportunity to open up. Do you want to do this? What do you think? This is what it would look like. We could put a timer for like a half an hour and then have some cookies afterwards. Like, what do you say? And, and they're already smelling the cookies. You want to get, they want to get the cookies in the oven. You know, that's important. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, and I emphasize that buy-in that's really important. And and I'm sure I've done it over the years where I kind of just wrote people into that, but it's like, would you like to do this? Like, you don't have to, yeah. It's fine, but like, can I invite you into this conversation? It's gonna be might be kind of uncomfortable, and but here are the benefits. And I, you know, 
I'll share. I'll start. You don't have to start. I'll start. I'll start the yeah. the thing, you know, and that's usually how I wrote Vicky. And like, I'm like, she's like, I'm like, you want to do this? And she's like, no, I'm like, well, I'll start. <laughs> and then I'll do it. And she, I was like, you want to share now? And she's like, no, I was like, well, I'll go again. Okay. Here's another thing. And then finally she's like, fine. All right. I'll, I'll share. And cause it's, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's, 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 you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, it helps both people when, when you can share and it's there, whether somebody feels ready to share there or not. So, um, that's my short answer to that. Yeah. I mean, is it something that you feel like people can do? I guess this would be great for people in, you know, relationship, you know, do with one other person or do in a small group, do in a community. I mean, it seems like that would be a very, yeah, it's the exact same. It, how, there's how would you no structure difference. that? How would you structure that as, as like a group conversation in a community? Yeah. Um, what are some exercises or something that, you, you know, I mean, most of the exercises I make up like the switching clothes with the Shinners <laughs> exercise. Um, so I have some things in the past, but like what I'm thinking about right now is like, when I think about these conversations, I always think about journaling, you know, because journaling is so honest. Hopefully if you're not honest in your journal, then, then, then journal more because that's a good way to make sure you're honest in your journal. But like, you got a journal with a lock on it. No one's going to read it. You write in that and you can be totally honest. It's cool. So what we're going for without it being feeling pressure is other people seeing what you write in your journal. Mm. Maybe not literally, mm -hmm. maybe literally, maybe what we do is we, we write, we take a, take a half an hour in a group exercise and journal about what's happening. And we know, because it would be an consensual the other way, we know what's going to happen next is we're going to pass it to the person to our right or something, you know? Um, but like, that's, it's just like, there are a myriad of ways to get at that experience. Mm -hmm. um, hey, we're going to just give each all, give everybody five minutes to share, share. And I think a good facilitator will, is important. I don't want to underscore that that this is like I'm saying it's easy, but a good facilitator is going to help is going to keep people out of like a story that spins out and in that like, how are you feeling? Like, how did that make you feel like, okay, the present, like what's here in for you right now, you might be feeling things because you're thinking about things in the past, but talk about what's happening right now. Um, and giving people a chance to share. But I think, I think the, the, the idea of like, if we could all just um, see each other's journals. <laughs> that sounds like horrible because there is such a preciousness and a privacy to our journals. So I'm not saying we should invade each other's bedrooms. Yeah. Um, but if, if that, if we could make that, uh, accessible through sharing and it's powerful to share it too. So it's like, you know, okay, I might write it down and give it to that person, but like maybe another, a, a spicier way to do it is to share it is to actually say it or to read it. Maybe it's easier to write it and then read it. Maybe, you know, um, maybe it's cute if you, you get up and, and share about that. And then, and then there's also two minutes for people to ask questions, not passive aggressive questions to make you feel bad, but like questions like, okay, okay guys, what we're going to do in this group is we're going to be like, we're going to be like curious from our hearts about what's going on with this person. Mm -hmm. And how can we, how can we, what kind of a question could we ask? Or maybe, maybe, we, maybe if it's a group that, that has the potential to kind of go bad. Maybe you give them a prompt. Okay. 
the only thing like the sentence stem is like, um, could you share about, could you share more about how you felt when blank? Yeah. Pretty, pretty hard to go step on a landmine with that, that prompt. Yeah. And again, if somebody's like goes off the prompt, the facilitator is like, excuse me, John, remember the sentence stem. Could you feel, could you share more when you, f about how you felt with blank? Okay. Thanks. Could you share about how you felt with, you know, seeing your roses die in the garden the other day or whatever. Um, so hmm. I, I like what I like about some of these conversations like, sort of in my mind is like, well, you know, partially what's the benefit? How do you describe what the benefit of this level of intimacy might be to someone who doesn't inherently value intimacy? Sure. That's a great question. I, and I mean that. I mean that the last two times I was saying that to be cheeky because um, I haven't thought about that. It really, it's like, it's so obvious to me in a sense, all oh, the benefits, of course, because intimacy is great. Because you value intimacy. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's really sweet. Um, what are the benefits? What's the benefit to that? Well, I'll start by saying that um, the if you don't do it, uh, pain, pain sucks, pain and suffering because especially if you're in relationship with somebody, which either living in community with people or in a romantic relationship, but that person's in your life in a way, parents, another one, they're in your life, period, end of story. Even after they die, they're still in your life. Um, and so avoidance of pain is a nice one to start with, you know? I mean, not sure. I might get all excited about the, the high, like, you know, we could be so close and we could love each other. And that's great. But on some level, it's like doing nothing is not nothing neutral. It doing nothing is, is you're going to have to deal with the rifts and, and relationship rifts aren't like dog shit. Like they don't just sort of go away after a while and turn <laughs> into dirt. <laughs> they get worse and worse and worse and worse. And I've yeah. experienced that in my own family and I've experienced that I've seen in my life. I've seen that play out where a little rift, little fucking thing that could have been nipped in the bud turns into like a 30 year cold war. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it, it is to say it's tragic is just the understatement here. It's, it's and, and so if anything, there's like a, okay, this is a good investment. You know, I mean, when I think about, uh, if someone was like really concerned about money, I'm like, all right, um, you know, think about, um, think about all the ways you've had to spend money to, to, because your because the, your relationships suffered, whether it's, you know, you're having to, you know, borrow things instead of, uh, you can't borrow something from your neighbor. You need to buy it. Cause you, I need to buy all my own stuff because I don't, trust this person anymore um you know uh, we we there's 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 a lot of things but I, I would start with like okay like there's pain and suffering here if we yeah. don't do it um i i'm just thinking you know there's been these moments i might have even talked about this at some point on the on the show but in the early days of of evo before evo was even an evo uh, before we'd bought land or anything like that, we had had some conversations about firearms mm -hmm. and and some of these kind of 
practices we employed as we had this conversation because there were some very <clears throat> visceral reactions to how we talked about gun ownership and mm-hmm. keeping guns on the land and if that was okay or not okay. Um, I'm just thinking about that moment now that, you know, yes, the, these kinds of intimacy conversations could be very valuable when you're talking about interpersonal issues, but as you're talking about, again, values, how the community is going to be structured, will people be permitted to be nude? You know, th- this is for some people, people like to be naked, you know, people like to be able to be out in their garden and, and doing their thing and don't want to be told otherwise for other people. That is, you know, put that away. I don't want my kids to see you in that way, you know, or like whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like. So being able to have these conversations about things where people feel really safe to share, well, this is my actual concern. My concern is that if we have guns on the property, one of the kids might get shot. Like Mm -hmm. somebody could get injured. There's lots and lots of data out there that says people that own guns have a much higher likelihood of getting shot. Right. So how do we address that, right. you know, and sort yeah. of having a really neutral space where people feel safe to share their right. actual fears or actual concerns helps to kind of uncover those underlying reasons behind objections right. that are not just like, well, I just don't like it. You know, I just don't want that here. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's go. Let's go a little deeper and see if similar to I don't want to come share because I just don't. I don't value intimacy. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Like, why don't you want to share? Oh, because you don't want to share in front of a group of 15 people. Now we're, you know, we're starting to be able to meet people where they're at and and address those needs on a case-by-case basis, which feels really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to reference something that was said here on your podcast with Dave Henson that I just thought summarized the opportunity of community so much and so beautiful it was just this idea that what we get to do with the opportunity that we do we get at intentional communities is to solve the or to create micro solutions for macro problems mm-hmm. uh, you know in the world so guns are a great example like clearly we haven't worked out a gun <laughs> solution in america <laughs> but when you evo did like I, I never heard one peep about people being upset about guns. I think for the most part it got resolved. I'm assuming yeah, I, I can, yeah. I've moved there about seven years after you started, but, um, and so it's like, that's beautiful. That's awesome. We, I thought, I thought we did a, I thought we did a great job with COVID. Yeah. You know, and we had the whole spectrum, not the whole spectrum. We had a, we pretty, had a pretty good, good size, pretty good spectrum of beliefs and morals around covid and vaccines and oh all that gosh, stuff for, for sure. sure you know and uh, i mean i boy I, I was that was that was the some of the most beautiful community time mm-hmm. uh, though that year i mean god i i mean we i can say this now i think but it's just like we we intentionally like didn't tell people how good our lives were like because we were not we were like boy if people knew we're killing it over here and having a blast they're going to go crazy. You know, they're, they're going to bring it upset. We're going to make them feel bad. We don't want to do that. Um, and part of that was that we kind of landed the COVID plane in like a couple months and it took maybe the larger culture, maybe like a year to land it in terms oh, of like yeah. understanding it. And, der- and again, COVID also changed. So I'm not saying that our conclusion in like May of 2020 is the same of May in 2021, but it's like, you know, we just, we had, and we had 
sometimes more than one meeting a week about it. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like we, yeah. we met like every week and iterated and iterated and heard everybody and okay, good. Oh, this is your opinion. We had a committee of like three people. It was like Amy, Jose and Kyle that were like our health department. We like, you know, pop up health department. Okay, great. And they were just doing research all the time because that's what they do. And that yeah. was great. And I could trust them because I know like, oh, you know, I can like Amy got it. I, I and I love having someone in the community that I, I actually feel like I don't have to do that research because like she's done it for me. Um, and so we were able to solve that problem. I think we were able to solve the gun problem for us. I do think it wouldn't be crazy to look at that solution and go, maybe that's that little middle groundy thing you guys yeah. found. Maybe everybody else could do that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the reason we could do it is that there was enough goodwill. Those bank accounts weren't empty because those conversations are a withdrawal. They're hard. Yeah. You know, and if you're coming into a meeting and your bank account is overdrawn, it doesn't matter. You can have all the techniques in the world. You can have the best facilitator in the world. That shit's going to go badly, you know? And so the thing, you know, I've, I'm always harping on is like filling bank accounts. I think the conflict takes care of itself. If the bank account is, if you have a good relationship bank account, um, but we yeah, like, a lot of respect for each other. I mean, we, we, despite our very different, I mean, on some level you could look at Evo as, as a monoculture, but there in, in truth was a lot of diversity of thought, of belief, of moral approach, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, very, very widespread very, mm -hmm. from, you know, I mean, just even in the like spectrum of sex and sexuality, you know, like monogamous, Christian, uh, you know, or, or Jewish, like practicing religious people who have a very one very straight way of looking at things versus polyamorous, more open, more expressive, more uh, in inclusive around ideas of sexuality. And yet inside of all of that, we were able to to coexist and we had a deep level of respect for each other and a deep honoring and I guess a desire, I guess one of the shared values would be, yeah, a belief in personal liberty. Like you do you, mm -hmm. <laughs> just don't tell me how to do me. And like, if there's something that arises where things feel in conflict, having those containers that felt like a good place for people to share and talk about that, mm -hmm. which I think is a win. Sure. I want to touch on one thing before we wrap up, which um, I know something that you kind of geek out on, um, and it's touch oh. and like how, you know, we've talked a lot about this, like sort of emotional connection and, you know, talking on tough topics and things like that, all very important. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like there's a piece of your wisdom that's really around physical intimacy as well mm -hmm. and the importance of, of touch and that type of connection and, you know, kind of coming back to some of the things we talked about earlier where that's really uncomfortable for some people. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to talk about that as well. Like how do how how do we start to think about, you know, touch positivity, safety, consent, mm -hmm. boundaries, you know, like holding that container a little bit because um, I do. I mean, in my experience, I, I enjoy touch. Sometimes I don't always enjoy touch. There's definitely times where I'm like, get off of me. Mm -hmm. um, but I also recognize that there is a certain magic that came in our SoCal community because people were very touch positive. Mm -hmm. 
and people up here uh, in Southern Oregon, Northern, Northern California. <laughs> the Great White North or whatever this would, is. As you would call it. But people who are up here, a lot of people in this in this community that we're in, the greater Williams community mm-hmm. or Southern Oregon community, are not as as touchy-feely, not sure. as likely to just start massaging each other and, and yeah. being in that and not to say that one's better or one's worse, although I think we both have an opinion about <laughs> which one's better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just want to hear from you a little bit about the importance of touch yeah, and how to sort of frame that inside of communities in a way that can feel really safe and, and like it's giving. Yeah. Not important at all. Touch not important <laughs> at all. I hate, I hate it. hate it. Why can't we all just not touch each other? Um, yeah, no, I'm a very touchy person. I remember uh, back in my... Naval Academy days. This is an example of not touch culture. So uh, just to sort of highlight how weird it is a lot of times, I'm kind of recalling this. I I went to a concert of uh, this guy, Mike Errico, who's like very small independent artist. And I've just loved his music. And I took my, you know, college Naval Academy roommates along with me. And, um, you know, we're just like, I, I went up to him after the show and I was like, oh my God, Mike was so great. And, he, and he's just like a hippie from New York, you know, and and I was like, uh, yeah, anyways, like, that was great. And he said, thanks. And then and then he, he gave me a hug. And, uh, and again, this sounds so stupid now because I'm like, I don't remember the last time I shook someone's hand at this point. But like, um, and my roommates were like, <laughs> afterwards, they're like, oh, dude, really? Like, you hugged him? And I'm like, <laughs> and it was weird. It was weird back then, right? Yeah. Like, it just is weird to, to, in American culture with escalating touch and there's going to be this you know two non-related adult males right 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 embracing yeah. in oh, public that, dude, way to go way to be gay you know like and it's like okay so <clears throat> so that's awkward it's okay that's just where we're at how do we you know again how do we create some containers for that i just it's like there's anything that's not happening naturally just needs intention and and effort and commitment and when i say commitment i don't mean like Oh my God, huge thing. It just needs like, if the river's going one way it's and you want it to move, like you got to pull some dirt and put it in the banks. And like, that's, it's just not going to happen unless there's concerted effort and a priority given to it. And if it's not going to happen, then fine. Let it not happen. Don't sweat it. Okay. You know, so it's like, okay, so we want to, we want to do this. We want to put intention to this. I mean, that's like, you guys are smart. Like you could, you could totally figure that out if you wanted to do it. It's, if you, if you said that's my project, yeah, that's great. What do we start with? Do, do we start with like, you know, naked spooning? No, <laughs> like we start with like a hand massage, or we start with like yeah. just you know like uh, if we if we're used to like maybe hugging people and then we hug you know like try a twenty second hug. You know, I mean, there's like studies about releasing oxytocin and all this cool stuff that happens when you hug someone for a long time. But like, yeah, just go for that. Like, do if it a... doesn't send you into sheer panic. <laughs> right. <laughs> like exactly. Just but for like, my hopefully and hopefully, but again, that's you, you're creating, uh, you're creating an, it's informed consent. Right. So you yeah. do these things, you know, let me do this 20 minute hug, 20 second hug experiment with a ran, you know, like right. at random. No, it's like, hey, there's this thing. Can we try this? And again, with with your sister, whoever, like find the number that yeah. makes sense it's like we're just trying to expand where we're at we're not trying to be somewhere like where other touchy people are we're just trying to like 
grow a little bit and not send anybody into a panic because then they go three steps backward and we don't right. want that. Um, you know, I think that there's also something to be said for um, like what we think about touch and massage. We typically think of like kind of a more of like a yin uh, soft way of doing, which I love and I'm all about it. But I think there's actually also just beautiful touch and interaction that can happen on the other end of the spectrum, you know, maybe more typically male or whatever yang um, thing. And it's like wrestling is great. Like mm. wrestling is touch. Um, you know, I had to wrestle my hundred pound dog yesterday because <laughs> he was getting all aggressive. And as much as I was bummed that he was getting aggressive, that actually feels good on some, I, I like it, you know, yeah. and uh, hope he doesn't be a jerk anymore. But it's like, wrestling is great uh i mean you know kyle and i wrestle with each other a lot right and and um it, it can't i think that that is often a block for men because they feel like oh like i, I can't touch because if i'm like touching like this then that means something about me i'm so you know it's like you know right. like whatever you know uh beat each other's chests you know like um i mean i love getting massaged by men i mean they're strong like yeah. great you know I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, so I think finding, you know, seeing that there's a, there is a spectrum of, of how we can interact physically, understanding that part of the reason we don't do it is because in our culture, we think that touch, it means sex and touch escalates to sex always. And so if I touch someone, that means I'm going to have to have sex with them. And if it's a man, that means I'm gay. And if it's a woman, that means uh, I want to cheat on my husband, wife or whatever. It's like, right. okay, great. So that's just there. Like, it's okay. Like, Again, a friend of mine who started the cuddle party thing 20 years ago, did it in New York City in 2004. And, he, you know, he got a group of adults together that were, and he created the, you know, conditions and the and a set of rules where they could cuddle with each other and then go home. And it was a non-sexual event and he was very clear about that. And it never was a sexual event. I mean, he, there was a container and facilitators. And it made national news. And he and it was like the, the the talk of the town. New Yorkers are getting together and cuddling with each other. Holy shit, everybody. And that just shows where we're at, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was around the time Janet Jackson showed a nipple and the fucking country went crazy. Yeah. Cool. That's where we're at, guys. Like, it's all right. We're still kind of Puritans from the 1600s and we're working with it. But let's take it slow, you know? Like, let's... Let's let's. But if we have an intention to to expand it, I think that's a great idea. I think it's needed. It's it's you know as someone who yap 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 talks a lot, I find when I can connect to people through touch, it's just so much more effective, and and it and it and it builds the kind of trust and relating that I like and conviviality, um, and uh, and so um, I like I know you use the word conviviality a lot. That's why I think it's. Fun. And I didn't, I've only heard it through you, I think. So that's why I keep bringing it up anyways. Um, so yeah, so I, I like, I, I think, but it has to be like, we have to, we have to start with an intention and a priority and a container for it that makes sense and not try to blow out people's nervous systems, like start slow. I love hand massages. I think foot massages are great. Just like real low hanging fruit yeah. for the most part on like how to touch people. We're not starting with like breast massage or something, you know, yeah. we're not like, you know, and it's like, and they're just, and again, just like, a, a, and, and again, if you set a container for like, okay, what we're going to try is like a little 10 second hug saying, so here we are in our community meeting before we, before we start, let's all just, you know, mingle around and, and hug someone, but you know, 
do it for at least three breaths or something, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like linear time in your mind as you're hugging someone. But um, yeah, like try that. And that's an invitation. So if you don't want to do that, don't do it. Chill, hang out, just breathe on your own. Hug yourself. Fuck, I don't know, whatever. Um, well, there's there's so. something in, in all of that too to me that like kind of comes back to the beginning of our conversation around, you know, boundaries and naming you know both what we want or where we feel like our needs aren't being met like it sort of ties into all of that because in my mind I'm thinking you know touch should be pleasurable mm-hmm. like what's the reason for that well because it feels good like sure. it feels good to have someone like my my f- friend Layla from Eva was just up here visiting and just like she'd sit next to me and just like with her fingernails like really gently like tickle my forearm yeah and I mean, we've been intimate friends and dear sisters for so long that mm-hmm. it's, it's, we don't, e- I don't even think it's not something where she'd have to say, like, would you mind if I touched your arm right now? Sure. You know, we've built that, that feeling of closeness and intimacy where we can do things to each other that feel pleasurable. And of course, there's no, there's not a sexual thing. Like, we're just a couple girlfriends doing that. And I feel that way also about, you know, you or Kyle, like men in my life that mm-hmm. we've built this sort of pathway towards intimacy and pleasure that are not about sex and sexuality. It's just like right. we're friends, like we like each other and we want to make each other feel good. And right. this reinforcing when we do touch each other and massage each other or scratch each other's back or whatever that thing is it's kind of reinforcing that bond that like oxytocin or whatever Mm -hmm. that that thing is like we're getting that that need met that i i do believe all people have a need for that kind of feeling of like the reinforcing and the validating of that bond and that connection and so the place where i see this being a little bit trickier you know is around as a community or as a group of people are at the beginning stages of that Uh and you know honoring what might feel good or what might not feel good and um what might feel dangerous particularly you Uh know there's a lot between women and men sure and predation yeah (laughs) and me too and all of those things you know and so i think that some of these conversations that we're talking about earlier you know, really having those intentional, mindful conversations to say, hey, let's talk about what, what kind of touch we would like or what kind of things right. we would we would want people to ask permission for, mm-hmm. what kind of thing. Like if you ever want to come up and just like rub my shoulders, I will I will ne- never, right. pretty much never say right. no. <laughs> right. and, and I've got that in my, that's yeah. a sticky note in my <laughs> yeah. brain. I know yeah. that about you. Not yeah. true with everybody, but I know yeah. that about you and I do that. Yeah, absolutely. Not because I do that to every woman I right approach because right. i know that about you yeah you know yeah so i like the idea of some of these intimacy conversations we were having earlier even coming back to let's talk about touch in our community and what would feel good for people and you know i i love the idea yeah. of more people being in that bubble of you know we're not afraid to like be the monkeys that are like picking on each other no you it's, it's no you, you like listen like if you know being intentional being in an intentional community you're just going to have to understand that you're going to be a weirdo sometimes. Like it's sort of like a, a good example is like, I'm a singer and I taken a lot of voice lessons over the years. Like vocal teachers are goofballs. Like you can't, 
sit all day and be like la 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 like all, it's the goofiest shit ever and they're all they're all like fun goofy people that's yeah. just like that's the nature of being a vocal coach is you're just you kind of are goofy and what it means to live in community not necessarily but like it yeah like you're people are gonna look at you funny sometimes and like well they're giving some long hugs over there like oh oh wait, he's massaging her oh but that's not his wife oh my <laughs> goodness you know i mean and again it's like okay cool well that that's yeah i mean do I do, do I try to be sensitive of other people in the supermarket? Yeah, I do. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, no, I get it. You're projecting a uh, desire for maybe a closeness with other people mm-hmm. onto me, and in the form of some, you know, some throwing some shade. And okay, fine. But like, this makes me happy, and you know, this other person likes it too, so it's all good. And their husband's okay with it, and. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Like it's but getting over that hump of of how can I do this and not and still be seen as and not be seen as weird. Uh, I don't or think that's possible. Or, or slutty. All that thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just like I, I loved Bianca's, you know, the title of her TEDx talk, which is the like, 50, you know, 50 percent more hippie than you'd expect the intentional community is like like, yeah it is it's just like that's the nature of like we're missing that i mean it gets like go to colombia and like venezuela or whatever people are touching and hugging each other it's not like because we're like america founded by puritans like don't forget this like we are not like what's normal here i mean even southern california was normal you know even even up in this part of oregon this is touchier than some other places like you know like it's it's um and it's like when we can step back and go, oh, okay, cool. All that's happening here is just like this awkward peer pressure. It's not that I'm breaking some human code about how we're supposed to relate. It's just that this is what's normal around here and I'm doing something that's not normal. Okay, fine. You know, or maybe go to like, you know, yeah, I love like retreats and festivals as, as an opportunity to kind of get out of your bubble and experience something and then say, I mean, Burning Man's a classic example of what people do. They go to Burning Man, they dye their hair, they put on weird clothes and they come back and they're like, maybe I don't want to keep my, maybe I just want to keep my hair the way it is. And maybe I'm going to keep this leather pouch on me because it's very convenient for my cell phone and my, my phone and my wallet, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. You know, like find the, you know, find those places where you can be not yourself for a second yeah. and then come back and ask yourself, like, maybe I want to be a little bit of a longer hugger and, oh, I'm a large male. Maybe I should just check in and make sure that's not a little like much for people because I understand now that like maybe not everybody has the same experience as me. This is my own life story. Of course, I've non-consensually hugged people a lot in my life and realizing, Oh, got it. Not everybody is like me, but I still like that. So can I find those people? And then when I'm around people like Layla, Oh, let's just, let's just touch each other and go nuts. This is great. Okay. Got it. Uh, how can I invite someone who's maybe on the fence about that, but in a way that they can totally say no and whatever. And, um, yeah, again, not that I'm, I'm not trying to get them in bed. I'm just trying to create a closer relationship. Uh, I, I was at a group relations conference six months ago. It was, there's a whole story about that. It was it was this very kind of corporate-y thing. It was, it's this basically this group experiment where they just put a bunch of people in a room and they, they, they give them no direction for like the whole day. And then it kind of just devolves into chaos. Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> but, you know, I stood up at one point and I said, um, I kind of just made a random thing. I was like, you know, there was a lot of tension in the room. I was like, 
I'm feeling a lot of tension, a lot of energy right now. One of the things I like to do uh, when I'm doing that is just like massage people. It is a way that I know, I know my, about myself that if I give someone a back massage, I can like move my move my energy and feel a little better. As it would be like a back massage. And again, that was super awkward. Trust me, it was at USD and all these other things. But, you know, a couple of people raised their hand. I was like, great. And I walked over and gave him back massage. But I just like, I don't know, that I that I know that works for me. And I created a way to find a willing participant. And yeah. and it was nice, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, a, 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 I always come back to priority. I mean, this is the thing I, I thought about so much at Evo, uh, which is like, we have the ability to do this. We know how to do this. What is in the way of this? And I think we just have to, we have busy lives. We have so much going on. We have to choose, you know, hopefully not choose between like our children's dental care and this, but like, you know, there are some less important things that maybe we're filling our time with, you know, that maybe we could, you know, take off the docket so that we have time for this. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got a little touch hound, you know, living next door to you. Of course, Layla was talking about how every morning she woke up, Ray went just jumped in her bed with her and, and cuddled her. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. That's great. Kids are a wonderful for that, of course. Um, but you should just learn from them. They're 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 the masters of this, you know, and just be really cute and approach anybody you want. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I really, it's just like I can't emphasize enough that like if we want to do it. We have to make it a priority. Making it a priority means giving it energy and time. If we don't want to make it a priority, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't beat yourself up. Go do the other things in your life and don't expect to have this improve. And that's okay. Like it really is okay. Cause if it, it's the worst to be on the fence about that, it's the worst to beat ourselves up because oh, I want this, but I, I can't, that part. it's like, now it's just worse. Now the fact that you know, and you've heard this conversation about touch and you want it, but you didn't do anything about it. Now we just made your life worse. I don't want that. You know, like mm-hmm. it's okay to not be into everything, but if something is kind of gnawing at you and it's really important, you know, a- ask yourself, like, is it an actual priority? What would that look like? You know, there's other people like you, you know, lonely math is real. Negative one plus negative one, two lonely people don't add up to a doubly lonely person. They add up to two people that are actually happy and getting their needs met hmm. because they're not lonely anymore. Your the beautiful thing about doing this work on relationships is it is kind of anti-individualistic. There's no nothing you can do that just benefits you. You know, it's like you're you put an invite and create a dinner party and all of a sudden eight people benefit and you. But that's what it means. When you go and find a nice consensual massage situation with someone, they get massaged and you get to benefit. Is there anything else that you want to drop in or any other points that you feel like have been? I mean, yeah, there's so many things, but um, I feel like we've said it all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 love, I love helping create systems and help people think through some of these things. And I'm going to be, once I finish this van, driving around the country and stopping in different intentional communities and friends and things and so if if anybody feels like oh i really like what that guy has to say feel free to reach out to me davebuddha at gmail.com you know probably is b-o-o-d-a um yeah i just i I, this is like you know i remember i i I said I, i posted something on social media a few years ago or something it was like i was i was like i was laying on a on a 
mattress and some living room with a few friends, you know, just like cuddling and talking and we're listening to like listening to Ray LaMontagne. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is the purpose of my life. Like, I just want to like listen to good music and lay with friends and have small talk and just like, that's, I don't know, like everything else I do in my life is to get there. You know, like that's the, that's for me what a 10 out of 10 looks like. Um, it's pretty sweet. Unless Ray LaMontagne was in the room <laughs> playing for us, that might even be better. That's so maybe it's like a 9.8 out of 10, but, but it's still pretty close. And you're cuddling with him at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a big old beard. You know, I bet you he's a great color. He's all about flannel, you know, he's that very sort soft. of like that, like husky voice in that way. It's really nice. Well, Dave Buddha, thank you so much for being on the Inside Community Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for letting me yap and things. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Inside Community Podcast. If you are a community or organization that is interested in building more connection and intimacy, I really hope you'll reach out to my guest today, Dave Buddha, for support in that journey. I will have links to his website and email in the show notes, and I'm also going to link to the Autistic Culture podcast that he mentioned. You might also recognize that Dave created the Inside Community Podcast jingle that closes out our show, and that was really just a little fun thing that he did. He is a very talented songwriter, so I definitely recommend checking out his music as well. And on his tour, maybe he can come visit you and your community and play a show for you. Your financial support of this show is what helps keep us going. So please take a moment and visit ic.org slash podcast and hit that donate button so we can keep bringing you inspiring and thought-provoking conversations like this one. As always, if this podcast has been meaningful to you or helpful to you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and come find me on Facebook and Instagram at Inside Community Podcast. I hope to hear from you there about how I can support you on your beautiful and messy journey to living inside community. Who left the dishes in the shared kitchen sink? Who helps out Johnny when he's had too much to drink? How do we find a way for everyone to agree? That's inside community. It's a podcast, y'all. <laughs>